Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to, uh, what was this called again? Far From Home, a podcast about two Asian Canadians who moved pretty far from home. It is episode 25. Ooh, 25. 25. And do you know what day it is? Today is, oh my god, it's August. It's August 1st, or at least it's August 1st while we're recording. Jesus Christ, it's August. You know, you know what we started in August of last year? This podcast. Exactly. Oh it's my our, God, it's been a year. It's our one year anniversary of this podcast. Oh, oh my God, it's been a year of this. Yeah. That Why did we so start sad. this? I don't know. You made me do it. Was it? Would we have started this podcast if COVID wasn't a thing? No, I don't think so. Oh, as in we would have had our own lives. Yes, we would have. We would have had better things to do. Wow, but we still don't apparently. But now this thing is uh, reigns over our lives. So yes, the fans, the deadlines, yeah, the producers—they're just all over us. Yeah, all the ads. They're asking us to say and, and, just, and stuff. Yeah, our inbox is just flooded. We got Skillshare. We got all those Square companies. Space. Yeah. We got, I don't know. You know what I thought about? Maybe we should like, instead of ads, just like PSA announcements from us. Like, like what? Like brush your teeth? No, no, no. Okay, everyone brushes their teeth. No, but like, okay, something I copied from you recently is that oh. I do laundry more consistently now. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, instead of <laughs> instead of doing laundry like whenever I need to, okay. I do it every Sunday. Like it's been a oh. routine. Why wouldn't and you just do it every Sunday before? Cuz I didn't always need to do it every Sunday. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Cuz like weeks where I run a lot more, I ended up using a lot more clothes. Oh, okay. Like I wouldn't have as many running shorts. But okay. Then it fluctuates. Okay. But, so But now I'm on the schedule. Oh, so the PSA is do your laundry on Sundays. Yeah. No, and the other part of this PSA is change your bed sheets more often. <laughs> <laughs> so because because I do okay, because I do my laundry more consistently now, okay. I don't have as many clothes to wash. And so if I add my bed sheets, it's like, oh, it's a perfect amount. Oh, okay. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. So I change my bed sheets every other week and I change my pillowcase every other week. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do the pillowcase every week. Uh, the bed sheets are a bit more intermittent. Get on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought new bed sheets. Actually, that's that's my exciting are they made news. Of Egyptian silk that is I don't uh, know forged in some super vintage place. I don't no, know. No, they're linen. Um, oh, but I went to the wait linen. Yeah, they're soft. I don't know. I don't know what linen means or is. It's not cotton, though. Okay, fine. And I made the very, very, very dangerous move of picking white bedsheets. I have white bedsheets. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't so dangerous. I I think it's okay. Okay. Though I do kind of want to buy, like, bleach to bleach my bedsheets once in a while. Oh, my God. Just to make them, like, whiter, you know? (laughs) No, it's fine. The color there is fine. I know, fine. They don't need to be whiter. Okay. All right, so what? Uh, what's this episode about? Oh, so what the listeners don't know is that exactly one year ago on this date, I don't know if it was a year ago as of this I date. I don't know if it was this date. But 
around a year ago, when we were making this podcast originally, the first episode, which you can hear on Spotify, wasn't actually our true first episode. <gasps> you already knew that, Alex. You don't need to act surprised. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm living through the audience, <laughs> or I'm like letting the audience li- live through me. Oh, okay. Vicariously. Yeah. yeah, vicariously. So, we actually recorded a pilot episodes when we were just <gasps> on our phones to see if we could actually, you know, put together a podcast episode. And uh-huh. we only shared it with maybe a very select group of people because it was kind of embarrassing and it had just had tons of bloopers and the audio quality was terrible. Yeah. So today we wanted to be lazy and just re-release it. Now we're actually just going to re-record it like no. a second version, <laughs> a better improved version. The audio was our... so bad in that yeah. last in, in that episode. Like no offense, but imagine last episode with Tian and then just imagine two of us like oh. that. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Goosebumps. The grainy audio quality. Yeah. So what was the topic? The topic was the golden path. So the I'm just going to read out what Jason wrote out because I'm too lazy to explain in my own words. I literally just copied this from the video, so it's not my own words either. Oh, perfect. Okay, so this entire episode isn't even ours, essentially. Nope. Anyways, everyone in life has an idea about... Everyone in life... Okay, yeah. Everyone in life has an idea about what their golden path is. The clean path that their parents would be proud of them if you took it. All you have to do is reach out and take it. But people rebel against it and fall off this path. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I I confused myself because I think you like copy pasted it verbatim from I did. some guy speaking on YouTube. I did. So it doesn't really make sense in this context. All right. Um, Go for it. But essentially, it's this really sad YouTuber guy who his life has gone downhill over the past few years. Uh But he used to be cooler a few years ago. (laughs) And he put out this video a few years ago talking about something he called the golden path. And Mm -hmm. he basically described it as like the clean path in life that you know is good for yourself, that your parents would be proud if you took. It's the path of doing well at school getting into the right university, studying hard at university, getting a good job, finding the right partner, having a happy family and a successful career. And he's basically saying that everyone knows that that's the right path to take. Mm -hmm. And yet so many people self-sabotage themselves, whether it's through self-doubt or sometimes even purposely um rebelling against sort of what society thinks is best for you Mm -hmm. they say they don't want to follow the rules and he's saying that it's already there for you and all you have to do is reach out and take it i don't know how true that is yeah i don't know how true that is a lot of work everyone's everyone's born in different circumstances that too some people can't study hard because they gotta feed themselves oh yeah that too that too some people just aren't meant for certain industries as well, right? Yeah. Just yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. Wait, but I think I think those last three, four things, like finding a good partner, <laughs> having a family, I think those are all important for everyone. Uh, yeah, I, that's what he's saying. This is the golden path for everyone. That yeah. This is what you should do, but some people don't. Yeah. 
Okay, then about this golden path, did you did you follow it? Did you did you follow your parents' instruction to the T? Um well first we I think we should define what your golden path is oh. or my golden path. Oh, okay. So my golden path was kind of interesting. I I I wouldn't say I was particularly good at school. Mostly because hmm. I didn't really care in high school, right? What? Um, I mean, like I didn't care that much about grade. I didn't. I didn't get an A average until grade eleven and twelve. Oh like my, my god! Last two years that actually matter in high school. Yeah. Um, and then at first, I wanted to follow what my brother did in uni, and he was doing business, and I was like, I want to do business. That sounds cool. But my mom was like, No. Hmm. Gotta, I gotta diversify my children's education. And so she was like, Alice, you gotta do something else. And I'm like, okay. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, my mom listens. I don't think she remembers this, but I was oh. kind of salty. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's something your parents should have said. What if you loved business and you really want to do business? Yeah, diversification, you know. Hmm. And then what ended up happening? I ended up going into maths at university. I still did not like school one bit. <laughs> I had okay internships, and then I ended up dropping out. <gasps> yeah, no surprise. We're episode 25 in. You've listened to us for 24 hours <laughs> in total, at least. But dropped out of university, joined a startup that was literally operating out of, an ho- out of a house. And it was super startup-y culture with like all the bros and stuff. That was kind of cool. And then, and then I moved across the country. Actually, no, I didn't even move across no, the country. You what left I the country. What I are you left the country. About? I moved. Okay, I moved across the world. That's what yes. I meant. Yeah, and I found a job. Uh, and so we're like halfway through this golden path that we're supposed to do. But I clearly skipped the step of going to university and then getting a job. Mm. Yeah, just left. I just left. I was like, screw this. Not actually. Did, did you have a plan when you left university? You already had the job lined up? It was hard. Uh, the summer before I thought about dropping out, I was like, man, I got to find a really good job. So I, I scoured the internet and I sent out like 300 plus applications. And that was like one of the hardest summers of my life. And what ended up happening? I ended up not finding anything. I, I oh. ended up find, finding like one company that was just like, oh yeah, we'll take you as an intern next co-op. And then they like reneged on my offer. And I was like, what the fuck? I think I called them out before. But yeah, I, I, I didn't think too much about it because I was thinking of just pausing my studies for a year mm-hmm. and then regroup, regrouping and seeing where I was and if I was happy or not. But clearly I was happy and I didn't really care about going back to, to school. Mm. Yeah. Did you think that moving to another country was part of the golden path or were you rebelling against the path? I think that is rebelling. It's it's a bit rebellious to leave. Yeah. I don't think any parent really expects their kid to leave the country. In some ways. Yeah. In some ways. For pretty long, at least. I've been away for just over two years now, but my brother's been away for like five. Mm -hmm. And so my mom's kind of staying alone in Toronto. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty different. How about yourself, Jason? Um, I think my golden path was just like any other typical Asian Canadian growing up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Basically, we grew up in this area called the 
GTA, mm-hmm. Greater Toronto Grand Area. Theft Auto. No, Grand not Theft Grand Theft Auto, Auto for, Grand for Theft the Auto. non-Canadians. Um, and it's basically these suburbs, which are just full of kids from, I guess, upper middle class families and their parents put everything they got into their kids' education. And yeah. it's like the schools where I went were like quite competitive, a lot of smart kids um, competing to get into the universities in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you are in this is very stereotypical. If you are an Asian Canadian, um, the stereotype is that in school, high school, you study. They call it the. This is stupid, but they call it what? the Asian six pack. Oh yeah, right? I, I don't know if that's that. because like yeah. it's a play that like Asian people aren't muscular, so you have this <laughs> academic six it's pack. The Asian version, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost but, forgot about that. Okay, go go ahead, go ahead. So the Asian six pack is in your final year of high school, grade twelve. You mm-hmm. study. I know it's the three sciences are on one side, so physics, chemistry, biology. Uh-huh. Then you study the two math courses. So I think one's like advanced functions, and then there's calculus. Yeah. And I forget the sixth one. <laughs> I don't think it was English. It's stats. Oh, is it stats? Okay. Three maths. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Three maths. So I got a five pack. I dropped out of biology because it wasn't required. That's why my abs look a bit weird. Um, I swear. Mm -hmm. So study that. Then the expectation after that is that you either go into one of four fields of study. And they are you either study law you study medicine mm-hmm. engineering mm-hmm. or business yep yep or i guess like engineering computer science something sciencey so those those are like the that's the next expectation um fulfilled that went on to university um university was tough for me like i i, I did fairly well academically in high school and whatnot um, but when you mm-hmm. what you realize instantly is when you're put against these other kids that uh, went to like better high schools or AP advanced placement programs or the IB programs mm-hmm. that like the average kid from or like a smart kid from a average school is not that smart in this new environment. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a struggle, but managed to graduate. Never got any like super high prestigious jobs or internships or anything but graduated found a job hmm. um and it was at like a quite if you're i think if you're an old person in canada the the company was quite respectable <laughs> if you ask like any old person they'd be like oh that's a great job that's a great career yeah and i, I even remember that on my birthday uh, of the year before i left canada we hmm. got a card from some I don't know, distant relative or family friend or something. And they wrote in the card, I remember, like, oh, wanted to congratulate Jason on his <laughs> new career at so-and-so company. Like, yep. such a great opportunity. Yeah. And that was also the same day on my birthday where I said, like, I think I'm going to move as soon as I can. <laughs> I want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, I left and I did a sudden veer off this golden path into you veered the, hard into the unknown. Yeah, yeah, like into the the ditch. Okay, and what did, what did you do 
when you left the country? I oh, I went to a language school here in Japan for a year. <sighs> As someone that studied hard in, in in high school, did the Asian six pack. Yes. Graduated with an engineering degree. Yes. You veered off the path and <laughs> went straight into a language school. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, and honestly, like the people at the language school actually were not the most career driven. I guess oh. you could say. Okay. I mean, that's just like the type of people that go to language school. You were that type of people. Maybe I was. I, I was actually, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but mm. like, I, I'm just not good at languages. Wait, what? No, no. I've talked about that, but like, uh, let me talk about my experience at the school. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like, I, I just feel like uh, for one thing, most of the kids at the school are from like China, Taiwan, or Korea. Mm-hmm. And if you're from one of those three countries, you can learn Japanese at like two or three times the pace. Not, not Korea. No, Korea you can because the words all sound the same. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you can't okay. read the, the Chinese Country? characters, but the uh-huh. words sound very, very similar. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. I know. The, the Korean people's pronunciation of Japanese is like perfect because it sounds so similar. I see. I see. Um. So yeah, I was like... I was like working twice as hard as my classmates, but still getting beat like left and right on exams and tests and speaking and everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And not that like people explicitly made fun of me or maybe, maybe there were some moments where like people are like, <laughs> like, come on, like, why, why don't you just get it? Like, I thought you were good at learning. Yeah. Right. What's your degree show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, for me, it was a very grounding experience because my whole life growing up in elementary and middle and high school, mm-hmm. m- like math just clicked. It always made sense. Like the teacher would write something on the board and then it'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like Y equals MX plus B or... <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but in language school, like it just didn't click like that. And growing up my whole life, I would always just tell people the same thing that I was told, like, come on, like, it's just Y goes MX plus B. Why don't you get it? Understand it. Yeah. And now here I was at this one year program and people around me are like, why don't you just get it? Yeah. And I remember thinking, fuck you. I can't wait till we're out of here (laughs) and we start looking for jobs and I'm going to find a job in like a month and you're going to be unemployed forever. Okay. I should not be saying this. Oh my God. Oh, damn. I should not be saying that. But True beef. Okay. No, when people would like talk shit to me, I'd be like, I can't wait till we're out of this place. We're back in the real world and I'm yeah. going to kick your ass so hard. <laughs> Sorry, I should not be saying that. <laughs> wait, did any of them listen? No, no, no. They don't speak English. Oh, okay. 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 True, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, was, I got very bitter towards the end of that school. Oh my gosh. I didn't know. I thought your classmates were like kind of cool. No, like they don't. No, they were cool. And like I had tons of friends who they also like fun of you and like laughed at your Japanese. What the hell? Uh, some of them. Some of them. And like, don't forget, these are like hyper competitive Asian kids. It made me really realize that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just different in North America. We're not. Those exist at language schools. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's. Is is being competitive in language schools that widespread? Sounds well, like kind of surprising I'll, to me. 
ultimately it's a school, so people are going to be competitive, and I think that's a good thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there of course there are competitive people, and I think especially because it wasn't like a degree program, you were sort of there on your own volition. Mm-hmm. There were some of those. I don't know what they're called, like polyglot types. Yep. Like the they people who languages like. Yeah. Yeah. Like people like this girl would come in. She speaks Russian, Spanish, English, obviously. It's like learning Japanese now, like yeah. speaks it very well. And it's like, she's like showing off and like, I can't wait till we start looking for jobs. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so bitter. <laughs> so bitter. I'm I kn- so bitter. I had so no idea you were so bitter. bitter. <laughs> this is like the very, very, very end. Yeah. 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 Anyways, back on the golden path, and we're good so far. Okay. Okay. So you 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 veered off pretty pretty hard. And okay, wait. Another disclaimer is how long were you working at that old person job <laughs> that your relatives liked? Not even a year. Yeah. With, I think with, that's what really surprised me. Really? Because, dude, one year, putting less than one year on your resume, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit of career suicide, right? Yeah. My, my opinion on that is you are allowed to do it once. Like, you can put a six-month position or whatever on a resume once, but you can't yeah. do it twice. You need to stay for at least a year or two at the second position. Yeah, two less than one year full time positions, and it's like, whoa, red red flag. Yeah, that's Why a big is this red person flag. Getting kicked out or leaving so early. Yeah, yeah. So it was a big risk. I left in um, maybe about ten months, but mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to leave after two or three months. Wow, you that's, hated the commute that much. <laughs> I hated the commute. <laughs> I, by like the three month mark, I was like, okay, like I've learned everything there is to learn here. I can't really learn anything new. Yeah. Coworkers were not the most inspiring. And it was, it's, it's one of those jobs where it's like, has a really old culture of you put in, you, you don't have to be good at your job. You just have to stay there for 10 years and then you'll get promoted. Yeah. And you stay there for another 10 years and you'll get promoted again. Yeah, that and the other thing that really surprised me actually at the company was just how old, white, and male all the managers were. And this is where you say you're young, non-white, and (laughs) (laughs) non-male. And you couldn't relate. As a female minority. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was actually shocking because, you know... I, I don't know what the demographics are in Canada, but like our class was multicultural. Our, my yep. school I went to was very multicultural. And the company itself at like an overall level was multicultural mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Um, but everyone who was a manager or above, you yep. had to be old, white, and what was the last one? Male. Male. Huh. Yeah. And so like I also seeing that just like didn't see any future it's like well i don't really look like anyone who's made it here so i'm not gonna stay around stick around hmm wow so that job kind of affected you more than i thought then was it something you looked out on sorry like looked out for in your future jobs not really no well like i i would i i feel like i would just know you know you can tell from the environment at any company whether it's a place you see your future at yeah 
I th- wait, kind of off topic, but on that manager note, one thing I really didn't like about my last company was that there were so few, so few female managers. Like it was so male dominated. Yep. And I think like my career up until that point, it just happened that I hadn't come across any female managers. But in my new company, it's like super cool because it's it's almost a 50-50 split, which is like really surprising, especially in the engineering field. But I'm all for it. Okay, yeah. That's my, my rant. My uh, favorite manager ever. Or like I think the, most of my better managers have been women, actually. So. Oh, wow. It's because they care about you. <laughs> that's that's not a joke. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> that's it's sad because it's not a joke. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, how okay? How about the golden path for people around you? Do you feel like people in your family, your friends, other people who you might have grown up with? Do you think they stuck on this golden path? Do you, have you seen people who fell off? And do you, why do you think they fell off? Is this for us to judge? Are we being judgmental assholes? How many more questions are you going to ask? You know, like, that was about it. Uh, that, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Family-wise, not really. If anything, I would compare like my friends from high school definitely had golden paths. Um, and friends from our, our nonprofit organization that we both volunteered at all had golden paths. I think... I think it's quite normal to to just keep on going with it. I mean, we can kind of see how how rarely people veer off because not many people move out of Canada or like the country that they're from, first of all. And career changes. I'm actually trying to think of if I know any friends that changed their career. I don't think so. I didn't come across any of those people. Like if I wanted to count how many people veered off, it'd be on one hand, maybe. Okay. I I wouldn't necessarily say that leaving Canada means that you veered off. A lot of people like pursue better careers in the U.S. True. I guess in our situations, we went to. Okay, I guess it's not. It doesn't veer off the path if you move to the states. Yeah, if you're Canadian. But for the two of us, the golden path. Yeah, for Canadians. Yeah, for engineering, (laughs) it's kind of the golden path. But for us, Singapore is fine but it's definitely an emerging tech city much like toronto so it's not any better than toronto or canada i would say so it begs the question of why would you move yeah and i would say that's kind of why it's veering off the path a bit yeah yeah and then japan i mean who moves to japan for their career oh that's not the golden path that's yeah that's the crumbly brick road yeah unless unless your manager is like Jason, I need you to start this branch in Japan and they force you to go. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. How about your friends? I think they all have followed the path, right? Well, the other thing here is that there's a sampling bias, right? Where like Correct. I can honestly say that I feel like I've followed this path in my life and I've it's brought me success. And as a result, like I will only I only really hang out with people who have also stayed on the path mm-hmm. and the friends who I had growing up who might have fallen off the path I don't talk to anymore is a sad reality of yeah. the matter. Um I do think though like I I can't like think of specific examples 
mm-hmm. like a very strong example. But I do know people who in high school, they, you know, people um, have an idea of like other people's potential or other people's uh, smarts in high school. Uh. And I do know some people, I, I can actually think of one right now where like they were brilliant, like one of the smartest kids at high school. Mm-hmm. And then what they did, would often do it's either one or two of two things one they don't get into the program that they wanted to get to and they didn't exactly have a good backup yep or the other thing is that they studied the wrong thing as in like they didn't end up going into the career that they wanted partially or maybe they were even like sort of told a lie by the university so they oh boy i don't know if this is going to come back to bite me but like the one example i can think of is spill it at our University, they created this program called Nanotechnology Engineering. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. that, that really narrows down the universities, but okay. I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> and the university basically touted it as, you know, like this is the thing of the future. Nanotech. All the brightest people are going to go into it. You yeah, don't even nanotech. know how many Marvel movies this, this is going to yeah. spin off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was like the field to be in is what they branded it as and i do know some like very 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 smart people it was at one time it was like the hardest program at the school to get into Uh who went into it and then it turns out that we're like five ten years too early and there are there's no industry around it nanoengineering zero industry small yeah certainly not enough for the number of kids in the class and what the people in that program did unfortunately is a lot of them switched out some of them like switched into my program some of them stuck through it, but they couldn't find jobs relevant to the field Oof. of study. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw this out as like an example, but like I, I knew one person who was brilliant, went to the program and now they're not that there's anything inherently wrong with this, Uh-oh. but when you consider like the potential, they, everyone had thought they held in high school and where they are now. now they're just like, I don't know, at a bank, let's say. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say like te- teaching English oh, in Japan. No. <laughs> Jesus, Alex. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, but now now they're like, you know, just an analyst at a bank. Not that that's a bad job per se, mm-hmm. but when you thought of like this person, you know, they're going to go on to cure cancer or do something insanely good for the world. And it's like you work at a bank. Yeah. I, think, I think there's also a merit in looking at, you know, sometimes the golden path isn't that sexy, right? We're talking about like the really cool looking golden paths. You're you're working for like some cool tech company, but in all honesty, you can be working for a bank for the next 30 years and and be making a good salary. Like you could have stayed at that old person job for another 30 years and you would have been fine. <laughs> right? I think so. Well, like comfortable, yeah. Yeah, comfortable. So, I don't know. I guess it's our own self-bias that puts it like, "Oh, you could be working at this in this really cool role." And they're not. I suppose it's it's just like you see these people and you you think, you know, they're going to go on to do something amazing and they don't. Good thing none of my friends thought of me like that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I was ever held up as like a high, no. high potential kid either. I had honest. 70 average for like oh, so long. Oh, <laughs> uh, you already exceeded expectations. Then. Yeah, I mean, exceeded to two degree. Yeah. Okay, so we talked. So we talked a bit about both our golden paths and how we veered off, but we're ultimately back on it, and we're kind of okay. 
Are you happy with where you are right now? The age-old question. Are you happy? How are you feeling? Oh man, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. Same. I feel the same way. Uh, um, like if if I had to give a score overall, and it was like happy, not happy, I'd pick happy. Um, that being said, I think generally when we think of the things that will make us happy in life, mm-hmm. money or yes, Alex, money, money, okay, money. <laughs> Or, you know, like, quite, I think quite often, because it's something that a lot of people struggle with, or like, yeah, like, I, I just wish I had more money, and then I could <laughs> do the things I want to do, buy the things I want to buy, etc. Okay, so it's not how happy are you, it's whether or not you have money? No, 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 this is not, that's not what I was going for. <laughs> okay, what I was okay. going to say is that, like, in the past two or three years since coming here, I've gone through different, I don't know, like, ec- social, economical statuses levels where when i was when i was like a student here right i was just literally living off my savings and by the time that i finished the language school i was looking for a job i was literally at like probably like zero dollars like i just had no more money oh yeah you i remember you you had to take a a trip for work and then you went negative yeah, I, I had to put it on my credit card, and I was like, I gotta wait for my paycheck so I can pay off the credit card. <laughs> and then I was gonna get it reimbursed, but that takes like a month or two. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, yeah. out of cash. Yeah, well, like it's the business trip is like a three thousand dollar hotel for a week. Like, uh-huh. it's expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, I just had no no money. Yeah, and then you know I started working a job which paid well and now too and now it's like money's no issue but you wish you had more of it i no i wouldn't say that i'm oh, like okay. who, who wouldn't but but what i what i would say from it is that i don't think i was any happier than just like my baseline happiness when i was a broke student <sighs> versus now having money and a career wait the fact of the matter is okay. is that i think we just have this baseline inherent level of happiness and i think ultimately what makes us happy in our day-to-day lives is having our basic needs met like being able to eat food and be sheltered and then secondly like having enough socialization exercise etc maybe this is going to go off topic but is are, are you biased because you know you have the capability of landing a good job that could have been another factor yeah I not to take away from what you said, but I'm just worried that sounds like shit to people that are not making money right now. That like, oh, you know, just be happy, and this is even if you have money, this is how happy you'll be. Potentially, I I do think I I always had known probably you know from like the day I graduated that getting a job would never be a problem. It's it's can't the, relate. The truth. You know <laughs> what? Talk never graduated. Oh, never graduated. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you can get a job anytime. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I think I think that did that did play a role in like why I wasn't worried about not having money because I just knew that I was going to start working eventually or soon and it yeah. would probably be a decent job. And you weren't going to be unemployed for a year like those other assholes in the language school. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say <right>? that. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how your salty self said it. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think that was a factor, but just my conclusion was sort of interesting. In my life, 
the money hasn't really correlated to happiness. And I think like I'm happy with where I ended up for sure. Uh-huh. But it has nothing to do with the money. I think it more so has to do with that. I'm doing work that I enjoy. Um, and like I feel, I don't know, driven to succeed at work. And I like my colleagues and etc. I don't know, Jason. I'm torn at your answer. You're giving me a very skeptical face. Yeah. You're like, how come money isn't making him happy? Yeah, I know. Like, when I just look over at Jason and, I, and then I look over at his wrist, I just, I just can't help but notice that there's something there. There's nothing on them right now. Okay, right now. Sure. Um, damn, I don't know. I, I do not agree. Okay, sorry. Are you happy with where you ended up? Oh, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> It was that. I think I don't know because because to me money and career are kind of hand in come hand in hand, right? So I guess it's very easy for me to say that like, oh, I'm happy with my career, thus I'm happy with my money, and vice versa. Um, and are you happy with your life? Overall, I would say yes. I mean, I don't think I have any regrets with moving to Singapore. Um, hasn't really stunted stunted my career if at all and it kind of checked off that bucket list of living in a foreign country trying shit out it's pretty awesome um i'm pretty happy with how i ended up like what's so hard to say to myself is would i have done anything differently right because some of the mm-hmm. hardest things that i encountered like looking for a job as a as a second third year university student those mm-hmm. were like some of the hardest times that I faced. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it just kind of teaches you resiliency. And everything that I have up until now has just taught me a lot in how, to, in how to deal with things. Yeah. Would you give yourself any or give your younger self any advice? Or I guess would I have done anything differently? Yeah, true. Or would you have done anything differently? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I briefly thought about this. I think maybe it relates to what you just said. I think if I could have done anything differently in the past five plus years, maybe since starting university, mm-hmm. it Dropout. would have been what? <laughs> Drop out. Yeah, to, to leave. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh-huh. It, it, it probably would have been to focus more energy and time on my career earlier. Interesting. And part of that, I think, would have been to I guess, reach out to my classmates who were very, very good and still are at jobs and their careers Mm -hmm. and to get, I guess, feedback from them um, earlier. Interesting. Because I I remember actually um, by like second or third year, people were getting like very good internships. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, it starts, you know, starts off this flywheel. You hate that word. Where like the people with the good resumes, right? Like the, you have a good resume, so you know you can get to a good company, so that you know yeah. what a good resume looks like, and so you can critique other people's resumes, and they yeah. would critique each other's to make them even better. Mm-hmm. But I guess like I I was just in this mode where like I was so I don't know if the word like embarrassed, but Ooh. gee, this is getting raw. Please continue. Shamed, uh-huh. so feeling inferior. I guess at the moment uh, where I didn't want to show anyone, I kind of wanted to hide it away. Oh, that's interesting. And my strategy ultimately just became 
survive like get any job because you need to get a job or you don't pass this program at school (laughs) (laughs) survive school graduate and then figure things out yeah and i don't know maybe it does show that i had it there all along or maybe i got lucky i definitely got lucky Mm -hmm. maybe everyone got lucky who made it on this career golden path but i was certainly maybe delayed there more than i should have been and it caused a lot more stress than it should have been but yeah I, I really avoided talking to people about jobs when i was a student and if i could do anything again it would be to be more straightforward with that and mm. seek out feedback be able to experience humility more easily yeah yeah i agree i think in university it's really hard because our program you can so easily get pigeonholed into either an industry or a certain type of job and not really get out of it. Yeah. And the only thing you have to show is that like you're staring at everyone else in your program that's that's getting all the good jobs and you're kind of a sucker. Is that how you felt too? Slightly. I mean, it's funny. So in, in this co-op program, right, there's there's tons of companies that are available. Like they have positions, positionings open for you. Yeah. And you're free to apply for them. You're, you're free to apply for any overqualified position that you want. You're just not even going to get an interview. Yeah. And I don't know. It's hard. Maybe they need to, maybe they need to like have a PSA or like have a class on (laughs) how, how to, how to, how to model your trajectory, the trajectory, trajectory of your career. Cause it's not something they teach you. And the only way you can really learn is by meeting people that have been in your situation or are in a situation that you wish to be in. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear it from firsthand experience, that's the only way. I don't know if, I don't even know if this is possible, but one thing I might've done differently is like you said, reach out to more people. Cause I rarely meet fellow dropouts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's so hard because I'm in this I'm in this path where I don't know if the end goal is good or not. And I just have to like keep going and I don't come across anyone else that's similar to me, but mm. who knows when I'm doing okay for now. And I think mm. since dropping out like I don't know, five years ago, four years ago, it's it it was it was eating at me that like, am I gonna be okay? That was always a worry. Like, am mm. I gonna be stuck at some point? And okay, like, am I going to hit, let's say, like level five at work, and then they're going to say, "Oh, sorry, you don't have a degree, so you can't make it to level six. Exactly, exactly, like that. But I guess in the workplace, it's not always that concrete as well, right? Like, they can't mm-hmm. just tell you, like, "Hey, you don't have a bachelor's. We're not going to promote you." It's more like, mm-hmm. "Hey, these opportunities aren't going to be given to you because you don't have a bachelor's." I think it's more like that. Um, I guess the only advice that I would give myself like back then is you're not going to be blocked by not having a degree, but this is not in any way saying you should not finish your degree. Everyone, (laughs) please, please graduate. So you can be like Jason and have that moment where he knows he's going to get a good job. (laughs) I never had that, which is actually very fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But were you ever worried about not finding a job? still no i think i knew i could find jobs i just didn't know what quality and Mm. whether or not my career could progress as well as Mm -hmm. say someone like you Mm. yeah 
well, I don't know if you defied any odds, but I think you've done as well as or probably better than most people who do have degrees. Eh, I'm doing okay. It's good to be humble. I think you're doing pretty well too. What kind of circle jerk podcast is this? Get, we're, we're, get the shit out of here. Good episode. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. <laughs> after after talking about how we veered off the path, we gotta talk. About, we gotta talk ourselves up a little bit, right? <laughs> Gee. Welcome to the Far From Home podcast, where Alex and Jason just boast about each other's yes. accomplishments. <sighs> And that's all you'll hear for hours on end. Yeah. I mean, what else has this podcast been? Shit, you're right. Exactly. All right, everyone. I hope you learned a bit about our golden paths and shit. And yeah, I don't have much else much else to add. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.